Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we are talking about something that I'm really passionate about and fascinated with. Melissa sent me this article and said, you have to read this. This is the marriage of the campfire effect and family brand. It's like everything that we're committed to and that I'm really you know interested in this idea of storytelling and then all things family. And if you're a newer listener, Campfire Effect is Chris's business where he wants well, you can talk about your business. Yeah, I work with entrepreneurs and organizations to really help them get clear on what they stand for and then translate that into their story and their message so they can go out and create, you know, bigger impact in the world. And this article is really incredible. And it's, it talks about the most powerful thing that we can do to build resilience in our children is the answer lies in stories and storytelling. And it's critical right now. Like there's been some states who have actually declared a state of emergency because of the mental health of our children. Like it's never been as bad as it is right now, but, and there is hope. So we're going to get to that. Also, Melissa and I are so excited. We have some really exciting things happening uh, with Family Brand. Yeah, we do. We have some really great stuff happening. I feel like for a while, it's been a lot of behind the scenes stuff and it just feels like it's taking a long time, but yes, finally, a lot of it's ready. Like we've spent a good part of the summer, like redoing our online course and it's so good. Like we've started taking families through it and I can't wait to like release it to the world. It's so good. Yeah. The first online program was great and we learned a lot from it and made some upgrades and made the second one even more simple. And it's just awesome. And then tomorrow we actually are putting on a family brand workshop with five really awesome families and Abby Ayers. Um, we're doing it with her in uh, Salt Lake City. So it's exciting. It's exciting to see families going through the program and crafting their values and building out their family's brand. Totally. And we're going to be going back to Hawaii next week too. Some big, big, exciting changes all around. So the title of this article, which we'll link to, it's from Psychology Today. It's by Dr. Robin Fivush. I hope I pronounced that um, correctly. Sorry, Robin. And she's amazing. And the title of the article is Have Have Kids Run Out of Resilience? We Can Build Resilience Through Family Storytelling. And she links to an article. There's a Children's Hospital of Colorado declares state of emergency for pediatric mental health. And... The CEO, Jenna Hossman, president and CEO of Children's Hospital of Colorado in Aurora said, our children are experiencing unprecedented levels of pediatric uh, mental health issues. And Dr. David Brumbaugh, the hospital's chief medical officer, said that this, in his 20 years of practice, he's never seen anything like the demand that he's seen for pediatric mental health services over the past 15 months, but especially the last three to four months. And this article just came out in June, and he's just simply saying, we have to do more. Like we're, he said in the article, said he teared up while discussing a conversation he had with the father of a high school boy who had attempted suicide. And he just says, our kids have run out of resilience. Their tank is empty. And it just like the, the, our children need help. Like they need more help. Like I think the thing that Melissa and I've been talking about this, this past week is 
the level of resilience required to be a child in the world, just it's different than it was five, 10, 15 years ago. Like it's more difficult to be a child. There's more pressure. There's more uncertainty. There's more comparison. And the good news is though, like there is hope, there is things we can do, but like it, it's, I don't think anymore it's a matter of, oh, like you wait until maybe one of your children has, you know, some, some mental health issues, or you wait until they're really struggling with their confidence to then do something about it. Like, I think all of us have to be proactive, like a proactive focus in every family is strengthening the mental health of our children, strengthening their resiliency, their self-confidence, their self-esteem. And what's amazing is one of the, some of the research points to that one of the most powerful things that you can do to strengthen the resilience in your children. And how do we help our youth build this resilience through stories? And they talk about how, yeah, that sounds really simple, but it is simple. And there's just so many powerful things that they've done is just control groups and studies. For example, they went into a, a children's hospital and I'm trying to find out here where they, where they talk about this in this article, but basically that just through telling stories to these children in, in the hospital, it increased oxytocin and de- decreased cortisol levels like remarkably, which oxytocin deals with like emotions related to like happiness and, and cortisol is linked to stress. And I certainly think we've seen this in our own family. Like when we tell, and, and it's not always like stories of overcoming that build resilience. It's just like stories build connection and they help children feel like safe and, and connected. Yeah. And I don't think this idea is, I know you've mentioned this idea before. Um, another article that we love talking about actually talks about how, yeah, the importance of building a family narrative that's really strong and how stories are a big part of that. But I think this just talks about it in a little, a little different way. Yeah. And it's, so here today it says, so they're wondering, okay, can, can storytelling actually modulate psycho- physiological responses to stress for children in the ICU as compared to a control group who engaged in riddle games for the same amount of time? Children who listened to someone telling stories for just 30 minutes show decreased cortisol responses. Cortisol is a hormone that is released in response to stress and higher cortisol is related to increased bodily and psychological distress. More striking, these children showed a marked increase in oxytocin, a hormone that is related to human bonding. Higher levels of oxytocin are related to greater feelings of love and empathy. And these increases in oxytocin and decreases in cortisol were also related to lower ratings of pain and higher levels of positive emotion about feeling better and getting better. Stories helped these children heal. It's just... It's just remarkable. And I'm not saying like that, that, that like stories are the, like a panacea, like it's the answer for like everything. But I often like the, like the research in the article says, like, could it be that simple? Yeah. Like there is something about this idea. And I think stories allow us to, and the article talks about how stories in some ways allow us to escape our current reality and like be transported into you know, other narratives and other people in their lives. I also think though that stories remind us of, of who we are. And I would just really encourage you. And I've heard from other parents like, well, I just, I'm not a good storyteller. And I just don't, I just don't have stories readily available. And the first one is like, well, you don't have to be a good storyteller and you just start. And if you don't have stories readily, readily available, start finding some. And even your own stories, children love hearing stories 
about their parents. Like your children love, will love to hear stories about your life and what it was like for you growing up and things that were exciting to you and hardships you faced and overcame. But I really think that all of us as parents, after especially reading this, I'm like, man, I've got to become not a better storyteller. I've just got to become more consistent in telling stories to my children, stories of hope, stories of overcoming, stories of healing, stories of challenge in my own life and in the lives of people I know, and then family, relatives. Yeah. And I think we should definitely expound a little bit here. We're not talking just like, oh, tell your kids a story about you know, make up Chris loves making up stories about these, this bear family. <laughs> We're not talking about like, Oh, just make believe story. The research is talking about actual real stories that have happened, like family history, your shared experiences, even if it's something that your kids participated in, it could be like, Hey, remember when we went to grandma's house that one summer and we took this trip together Or it could be, you know, maybe something that happened before they were born, you telling about your childhood or about your parents' childhood. That's the kind of stories that we're talking about, where it's actually relationship-focused and it's creating their identity and who they believe themselves to be. Yeah, and I actually think, I was going to read Melissa because I thought there was a part of this that actually talked about that sometimes the fictional stories can also be... I mean, they definitely focus more on like real stories, like family narratives. And then they're asking, what is it about stories that has such a powerful like effect? Social psychologists Marr and Oatley argue that stories, especially fictional stories, transport us into different worlds, into the minds of characters coping with unknown and unexpected human challenges and interactions. In this way, stories help us simulate living different kinds of lives and seeing the world through different lenses. So I think it's it can yeah, be can both, especially like... <laughs> I have sometimes used this. There's been this ongoing story, like narrative that I've been telling since t- t- like eight, nine years. I was probably a decade. Yeah, for de- like a decade. And I just keep iterating on it. And there would be times like if our children were struggling with a particular thing, I would include that principle into the story. Little Jedi mind trick that I'm not sure <laughs> my kids figured out. <laughs> I'm sure they figured it out right away. But he's six. I'm six. <laughs> he wants a bow and arrow for his birthday. I want a bow and arrow for my birthday. That really did happen once. Yeah. But I think, I mean, think about, think about a time in your life when you were really struggling with something and really, I mean, I, I, I can think of so many situations in my life where like hearing a story or watching a movie about a story or like it helped me see a different possibility. Like it helped me escape maybe from the reality, you know, that I was currently that I was currently facing. I just don't think like I've underestimated, like we've talked at length on this podcast about a number of times about the mental health of our children. And, and I still don't think I fully comprehend what it is they're experiencing. And and again, we'll link to, I'm kind of going back and forth between three articles here, you know, but, but what, what was interesting is the researchers had followed a few hundred college students and, and they expected that, as some good news started to emerge, right? Like the world is opening back up. There's been, you know, like advances and breakthroughs and, you know, in, in medication and in the medical field. And like, they would, they would have thought that that would have, when they went back and interviewed all these high these college students, they would have thought that that would have had them kind of like turning, turning the corner, if you will. And in fact, their, their situation was worse off than ever. It was like this feeling of like, well, now I'm behind, <laughs> Now I'm like all this lost time and 
they've seen the stresses it's causing their families. And so it says here in one of the articles, um, kids have dealt with chronic stress for the past year and now the pandemic is winding down. They are feeling extremely overwhelmed. So again, that was kind of a surprise in some of the research or some of the observations. Now kids are asked to be starting back into life again, and many of them feel behind and completely unprepared to go back to regular functioning, which is making them feel completely overwhelmed. And it said like to cope with mental health issues, many children and adolescents are turning to substance abuse or developing eating disorders. And it's just these increases are are occurring at a pace that is unprecedented. And so I I would also just caution all of us to, to not ever fall into the trap of like, oh yeah, but that like that would never happen to my child or that would never happen in our family. I've just seen too many situations in my life where I can like people that I personally know who have said things like, oh, I just I don't think there's something like that would ever happen in our family, related to a number of things that can happen in any family. I know earlier, a minute ago I said, I just want to take <laughs> I guess take back what I said because earlier I've said you know, tell stories about your family. But then I guess I hadn't read that one that said like, oh no, they can be any stories. So then they had me thinking, okay, what other stories have we, have we told our kids or read to our kids even that, that I feel really like have helped us like teach lessons or have them look at things a different way that they're more open to maybe than just hearing it from you. Right. And I thought of the Berenstein bears, our kids, when they're like younger, love Berenstein bears. If you haven't if you haven't uh, revisited that series in a long time, that's a really good one. And it has so many, so many different little stories. Like I remember like, okay, the kids aren't eating healthy (laughs) right now. So I'm going to read them Berenstein bears and too much junk food. Or I think we've been watching a lot of TV. Let's read Berenstein bears and too much TV. (laughs) (laughs) Like like the Berenstein bears, like can do a lot of heavy lifting. And we say that because, Melissa either had a stroke of genius or a stroke of like a really bad idea. And she bought a Bernstein bears, like their entire, like every Bernstein bears, you know, TV show ever shot on this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And so on these, on our road trip between Arizona and Utah, we have gotten our fill of Bernstein bears, but even our 12 and 14 year old boys, you know, they'll, they'll be like, no, don't put on the Bernstein bears. And we'll look back there and they'll have big smiles on their face and they're laughing because they remember these when they were younger and they like them, but you're right. Like, and so I think it's it's a combination of like fictional stories, things that we draw strength from. But then I really do think that we should all be building our arsenal of stories that we can tell our children from our own experiences. I just think we, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a guy that for the last several years, my world has been story and storytelling and helping companies with their stories. And I still know that I totally underestimate the power of story. Like it literally can transport you into a different realm, into a different possibility. Like, psychological like factors and like they can measure like hormone hormonal levels in your body of like oxytocin and cortisol just in the stories being told and it reminds me also i think maybe in december or january we did a podcast about the mental health of of children and and in this one study they they experimented with they took several hundred children who who had shown a, a remarkable, like noticeable decrease in, in their mental health. Over the past. Several. Yes. Yeah, so over the past year. And they decided only thing we're going to tell them is we're going to tell them stories of other epidemics or pandemics that have taken place. Like history. Yeah. N- not in an effort to be like, Oh, you think this is bad? You know, like it wasn't because you might hear that and be like, why would, why, if they're going to boost someone's mental health, like why would they tell them 
more depressing stories. And, and quite the opposite actually happened by telling them like, Oh, like we, like the human race has gone through things like this before. And like the Spanish flu and cholera and like all these different kinds of outbreaks. It actually had the children, the kids were like, Oh, so you mean like, we're not, we're not alone. Like we're not the only ones that have ever gone through something like this. It's like, yeah. Like, and, and it brings me back again to what Melissa said. Most of the research we've read talks about the three types of family narratives. And this is one of the things that we um, really want to help families develop as part of going through the family brand program is there's the ascending family narrative, which is we had nothing and now we've risen to the top and we have something. There's the descending family narrative that's sometimes told, which is we had everything and we lost it all. Now we have nothing. And then they said there's the oscillating family narrative, which is actually the most powerful and the most healthy narrative. And that is, it's a narrative of like, yeah, we've, we've struggled at times we've overcome, we've risen, had success, then fallen and struggled again and then risen. And like, it's up and down, like that's life. But, but there's, there's things that are always constant. One is there will always be better days ahead. Two is, yeah, we're always going to face struggles. And three is like, we're strong enough to overcome them. Yeah. And we'll link that article in the show notes. It's a really great, really great article. Yeah. So there's three articles that we'll link that we've talked about here just around this kind of like the state of like what's going on with children's mental health, two other articles about the power of story. And then this fourth article about the the family narrative. But I think it's, it's never too late to start this. You don't have to be a great storyteller. You just start with what stories come to mind for you. But I think more than anything, there's never been a greater need to remind our children that they are powerful, that they are amazing, that they are strong. And also to remind them that like we struggle and it's okay to struggle. And it's okay to like not feel strong at times, but to like remind them like we can overcome and we can do it together. I also feel like there's never been, it's never been more important that children really feel like they belong. Cause I think one of the things that's synonymous with mental health and all of us is like, whenever we're struggling with our mental health, there's also a really strong likelihood that we kind of feel alone. So to foster a sense of belonging. So what would be some actionable takeaways unless that you could recommend? Yeah, I was going to ask you actually, Mr. Storyteller, I'm just picturing like, okay, you wake up tomorrow and your 14 year old, you're like, I want to tell my 14 year old a story. Like, where do you, Mr. Storyteller, like, <laughs> where would you go from there? Really? The first thought that actually came to mind for me is like the very first thought that would come to me to tell my 14 year old stories about a time when I was 14. Our kids beg us like our six year old. Hey, tell me a story when you were six, our four year old, tell me a story when you were four. Like there's something about that, that like, I'm not even saying it has to be a profound story of when you were 14, if it's your 14 year old. So that would be my first thought is to maybe tell your children stories about what your life was like when you were their age. I could see that being an easy segue, you know, just you're driving in the car to wherever with your, with your teenager and be like, I remember when I was 14, but yeah, whatever. something exciting, something sad, a challenge you faced, how you overcame it. Like that would be one thought. A second thought would be every single one of us has times in our life where we face things that were really, really difficult. And I think it'd be really useful to go back and like, look at those. Like, yeah, what are, what are maybe like three to five times in my life where I was like facing something really challenging. I was really afraid or I felt really alone or I felt like I was just hopeless. Like, and then like, how did I get through it? Those are really powerful stories to share with your kids because one, it, it's really authentic and real for them. It's like, wow, mom and dad have also like felt 
alone at times or have struggled like I am or like I have. And then there's hope in it, like that you overcame it and how. So, yeah, one, you could always meet them where they're at and tell a story about when you were their age. Two, I also think it'd be, this is in my experience of doing this with our clients, this is really powerful for you to just do for yourself. Like it's, I think sometimes we forget that we're powerful. We forget that we've struggled or we forget that we've overcome. So I think it'll be healing for you and it'll give you some stories. And then the third thing I would say is like, find some family stories or fiction stories that that you can kind of have at your disposal. Again, this is not about being a good storyteller. I think for all of us, the wake up call I had is like, it's just about like telling more stories to my kids. I love that. So I'd say that would be the takeaway this week. We gave you a few ideas of how to do it, but tell, tell some stories this week. Yeah. Make it an intention to tell a story, like regardless of how great it is or like what it is, but like, yeah, I think that's a great challenge this week for all of us. I'm thinking about a few months ago, our power went out and we had no lights. We lit some candles and I was like, this is what people used to do. Like every single night you would read, you know, if you could read from the candlelight and you probably would tell stories, like maybe that is something that, that we've lost. Oh, totally. Like how many of us as families are like sitting in a house but no one is connected. We're all on devices. Like I, yeah, yeah. I think we have like, you're right. Like what else would you do? You'd sit around and connect as a family. You'd tell stories. I think we're losing the art of telling stories and it's not because we don't have them. If you have a life, if you're living, you have stories. It's just, how are we sharing them or are we, you know, just consumed with other things that it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to not pass on these really amazing stories and are not even occur for you to tell them or even think that there's any point. Yeah. Like, and I, I feel like I'm a pretty good storyteller and I feel like I have good stories. And yet still like this article was a wake up call for me. It's like, okay, (laughs) states are currently declaring state of emergency because of the mental health of like their pediatric, like population. And there's really compelling research that shows that one of the greatest antidotes is stories. That's like enough for me. Like, okay, I'm going to start telling more stories. (laughs) All right. Have fun with it. Tell some stories this week. Good luck. Hey there. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes. And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together. Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. We will see you in the next episode.